Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Gray podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane Jane. Well, hello, everyone. We're feeling a little tipsy today. Drunk on memories of public houses, bottoms up, public car parks, ringo, and public loos. Ooh, I feel a little flushed. And such a convenience as Dorothy drops in with a tail or two. <laughs> Sunny shares her phone and loose change frustrations, and Janie relives children parties and bubble machine mayhem. Shall we pass the parcel? No, just pass the gin. <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by MTL Associates. Would you like a website but don't know where to start? Could your business do with that bit extra? It's less than you think. MTL Associates produces websites for people like you. They'll agree a fixed price for their work, starting from £50 for a five-page website using one of their templates. And after that, it can be as little as £14 a month. MTL Associates. It's you, but online. Do you know, I was thinking about pubs the other day. Ho, ho, ho. Very typical for Lillian, isn't it, in G&Ts? But it was to do with the fact um, that I did my one-woman show in Oxfordshire um, the other week and actually stayed overnight and stayed in one of the local um, pubs there. And it was really lovely because after the show, you know, we were able to sit and have a drink. and, And I was watching everyone in the pub and I thought, how social and sociable all this is and how lovely it must be to have a local pub. And then that got me thinking just generally about pubs and things like the bull, I suppose, in, in the archers and, and what it means to people. It, it's it's really big, isn't it, in the life of the village? I, it's so interesting what you say about a local because I don't think I've ever really had a local apart from one that I worked in. But it's very clear that in Ambridge, that's where pretty much everything social happens, isn't it? Apart from the really posh stuff, yeah, that, you know, the hunt bulls and so on. But it seems to be very much the, the centre of life at the village. And I remember, do you remember when, well, you will remember because you're essential to it. Uh, I think Lillian wanted to change the name, didn't she? Mm, absolutely. Uh, to something a bit it weird. The B, yes, it was the B at Ambridge is what she wanted. <laughs> um, the B at yeah, and I remember, I remember when the script actually fell through the, the letterbox with this. And I thought, Am I talking about a buzzing bee? And I remember saying that to the producer. Am I supposed to go, you know, the bees at Ambridge? I mean, you know, that was the play on right, it. But right. yeah, that's what she wanted to do, change it to the bee at Ambridge. And of course, um, then Linda got very um, hot and bothered about it, as did other people yeah. um, in the village, quite rightly. And she tied herself to the to the bullseye, didn't she? You know, to, to try and stop us. But um, yeah, uh, and I can understand, you know, in a village, if something like that happened, uh, a, a pub that has been there for centuries and somebody wants to come in, which, of course, does happen, doesn't it, with sort of bistro yeah. pubs and things like that, and they want to change the name. And it's 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 a crucial part of the history of the village, isn't it? Well, it is, and it's... Um, I mean, there used to be... There were two pubs once, weren't there, because it was the Cat and Fiddle. Oh, was there? Now, I, 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 I'd, I'd always assumed that it was just the bull. But well, you're, yeah, you're right. You, you yeah. see, you, you've got a lot of archers' history there, Jane. Well, I, I may be wrong because it may not have been in Ambridge. I'm, it seemed to float as as many buildings in Ambridge yeah. do. They sort of relocate in a yeah. in a very Hogwartian oh, kind of way. Yes, yeah. um, but yes, there was the gay publican Sean, wasn't there, and his partner Peter? I want to say, but I don't know if that's true or not. Right. Uh, they ran the cat and fiddle. And Sid Perks, who was running the bull at the time, mm. uh, was very homophobic and wouldn't have Sean in the cricket team, as I remember. Oh, 
Oh, really? Yes. And Eddie Grundy used to drink at the Cat and Fiddle, but one got the impression it was it was more of a it wasn't it wasn't for the Brian Aldridge's, right? And it was the, it, and the Jennifer Aldridge's. It was it was more for the Eddie Grundy's and the like Fatpals, a, a tap bar or something like maybe that. Maybe something like that. You know, maybe. yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they served Shires. Well, they must have done at the Cat and mm. Fiddle if he went there, because I mean Shires is his favourite tipple, isn't it? Dear? Yeah, called Eddie Grundy. Um, but you know, I was, I was, uh, because Lillian herself, you know, she has um, fifty-one percent share in the oh, bull. in the bull, of course. Um, which, which it's, it's a little bit of a history. It all came about because um, Peggy and Jack, who were Lillian's parents, it, uh, originally they were they were sort of the the leases of 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 the bull. Then they bought it. I think it was in about yeah. the sixties or something like that. Um, and then uh, when Jack died, Peggy found that she you know it was a bit too much for her to run the pub so that's when she got Sid into the pub um, oh. to help her and of course that was Polly Perks who, who subsequently I think she died didn't she Polly and then she Kathy did. came in to help out then he subsequently married um, Kathy but apparently um, when Kathy was divorced in order um, for them to be able to pay the divorce settlement um, they asked Guy Pemberton at the time, who was Caroline Pemberton's, now Caroline, who became Caroline Sterling's um, partner, husband, if he would buy out part of the bull so that they could pay the settlement. So that's what happened. And I think she got 51% at the time. And then eventually she in turn wanted to buy Grey Gables. And that's when Lillian then bought the 51% share in in, in in the pub, which is quite, quite interesting. And then... Um, and of course, Sid then left it to Jolene and, you know, the rest is history. But it was it was quite interesting just looking back over the history of the pub and and how it came that, you know, Lillian does have 51 percent share in it. It's, uh, it's not so changed hands for, for, a, for a village pub. It hasn't changed hands very often, has it, over that mm. period of time? No, because, because I think uh, Jack and Peggy um, were at the bull in somewhere like, I think it was 1959. I think there was a chap called... This is my research. You'll be impressed, listeners and Janie. Uh, there was a chap called Sam Sanders, apparently, who originally um, owned the bull. And he oh. was there for 20 years. And it was him um, that then gave the, the pub, or didn't give it, but obviously Jack and Peggy became um, the owners eventually of the pub. Interesting, eh? Interesting. I, can't, I cannot imagine Peggy as a barmaid, can you? <laughs> I suppose she might have been very much in the same same. Um, type as Annie Walker in yes, Coronation Street. Definitely, definitely. And very... course, she had a lot to contend with, of course, because not forgetting that Jack, husband Jack, oh. Lillian's father, was an alcoholic. An alcoholic running a pub. You know, yeah. So it, it, that must have been quite, quite, quite tricky. I think. And... Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yes, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine being. I can't imagine her being hospitable behind the bar. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. If you worked in a pub. Yes. When when I was a student. I um, mean, too. Have you? Have you? Yeah. Did you? Mm. Yeah. It's a funny yes. thing to do, isn't it? Very, very odd. And of course, I do remember the pubs that I worked in. Maths is not my strong point, Janie, at oh. all. And of course, you had to add everything up in your head. Definitely. Well, for me, that was a living nightmare, quite frankly. And the other issue I had, because you know I'm quite small, was that I could never reach up to get the glasses yeah. and the optics and yeah. and all that. Um, I didn't find it the most relaxing experience, I have no. to say. Um, but um, 
Yeah, it's an odd experience. You're quite, you're, you're quite yeah. right. And it was all a bit sexist as well in those oh, days. Oh, God, it was awful, especially, it? especially as we were both with a big bosomed variety Absolutely. there. Oh, God, I just Indeed. used to cringe at the things people said. And yeah, all that adding up in your head. And people would come and buy these enormous rounds. Yeah. And then they'd go, but last time you said it was this. And yeah. it'd be like 2p difference or something. I know, uh, I know. Yeah. So, so they, but, they, it was all money. I can, I mean, I can remember, you know, I was oh, doing it was like yeah, three and course. four and two and five pence. And, you know, I mean, it was horrendous. Um, I, and I'm sure I must have got it wrong on endless occasions. Um, but nobody ever sort of hauled me over the, <laughs> the coals about it. But I, I must say, things improved when I went to work in Marks and Spencer's sometime later, Janie, because oh. the um, <laughs> the children they had there did it all for me. They oh, I tell me exactly what changed. Yeah, life was different. Oh, well, I didn't know you'd worked at Marks and Spencer's. That's like the royalty of mm. shopping jobs, isn't it? Anyway, mm. I worked, the pub that I worked at was just over the road from where my parents lived, so it was handy in that I just had to kind of fall out of the house and, and I was there. But the thing mm. I didn't like about it is that people at the pub knew where I lived. And, uh, yes. Yes. I didn't didn't like that. And I remember being involved in a fight once. Well, not me personally, but the chap I was going out with at the time got a bit shirty because the guys were taking a long time to drink up, mm. and he knew that I wanted to get home, and so mm. he just said, "You know, she's waiting to get home," quite politely. But yeah, a little group of them took that very mm. badly and beat him up in the mm. car park. Oh dear, that's horrid. Yeah. Well, but yes, you, I can understand why you would be anxious with all that, with living yeah. quite close by, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, it, it is interesting, isn't it, that the pubs generally, particularly in villages, are really the hub of the community. Mm. And, and, and particularly these days, I mean, a lot of villages don't even have local pubs anymore. They used to have three or four, but, yeah. you know, publicans have had to sell up. Um, and um, in fact, something that I read about pubs but I think it was, it was somebody who was doing some research in about 2018 and said actually that those villages that did have a pub I mean these are rural villages um you know loneliness was 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 mm. was very little in the village and um but those villages that they found didn't have pubs anymore had increased in mental illness and also in alcoholism they found that if there was a, a pub that people were more able to control their drinking it was quite an interesting little uh, survey yeah. that i read but i can see that really yeah. and you know, the yeah. loans and there was a woman when i worked in the pub donkeys years ago obviously um there was a woman who used to come in what i thought of as a very old woman she was probably my age or younger, but she'd come in every every day, around about half past 11, and she'd have a gin in it. Mm. And she would sit there, usually at the same table, and mm. sort of sip her gin in it, and then she'd go home. But she, mm. I just figured, well, that was probably her trip out. And she really stuck in my mind because she was a woman who went into the pub on her own, which I think now, at my advanced age of even 70, I... I hate going into a pub on my own. Yeah. So even if I'm meeting people there, you know, which I which I do occasionally, I it's one time when I tend to get somewhere late because I just don't like going into a pub on my own. Yeah. Do you? Is that just yeah, me? Yeah, no, I, 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 I get that completely. I, I, I think it is. It's sort of a hangover, I think, isn't it, from the past? And, you know, when you think about rural pubs and I think about because around here although I live in a town I mean there are lots of villages and going into rural pubs you you often see the chaps they're older chaps don't you sitting propping up the bar on the bar stools and having their pints and having a little chat with the 
you know, the barman or or bar girl or what have you, and then other people come in and say, hey, oh, hello, Joe, how are you? You know, and mm-hmm. you can tell that that, as you say, that's their they're they're socializing for the day that it's part of their community isn't it part of their family i suppose i think that's that's rather nice isn't it i i I think somebody told me and i don't know if this is true or not that when one of the things about all bar one you know the all bar one chain yeah that when they started those that they wanted to make it a place that women would feel okay to go into so one of the things they did was to put in clear glass windows so that you could look in and see it was okay because I think one of the things about walking in somewhere that you don't know like that is you don't know until you open the door what's going to be on the other side of it do you absolutely absolutely and and I do think it's a hangover you know to those times when you'd walked in pubs and of course people could be quite jolly because they've had a few yeah. drinks and there will be that of that you know oh hello how are you love and all that you know oh, I do yeah, think yeah. a hangover from that not quite know what you're going to enter into and yeah. the sound and um, the shout, you know, if they're shouting or something. But uh, no, I think that's a brilliant idea. The clear windows, and then you, you, you know what you're, yeah, what you're walking into, what the scenario is ahead of you. Um, um, and they are more family friendly now. So our, our producer, who is not as old as us, um, was just asking about, you know, whether we took our kids into pubs. But you weren't allowed to, were you? I mean, kids were not allowed in pubs. I think from fourteen. They were allowed into a pub if they were sort of eat, have a sit down meal in a in a restaurant thing, but mm. yeah, absolutely, we're not allowed into a pub. No, no, not, you, not you, even to drink lemonade or anything. You were no. just not allowed it. We all went into pubs. Obviously, there were. I remember when I was kind of fifteen, sixteen, there were pubs where they just didn't give a toss how old you were and never never checked your ID. So mm. we would gather in those, mm. but it, you weren't. It was illegal, wasn't it? It was that that going into pubs, and I I do remember <clears throat> my that the, there was sort of nine years between myself and my <clears throat> and my one of my brothers, and I can remember when my mother had him, I wasn't allowed in the hospital. I couldn't go in and see oh. um, my mum or my brother. So rules about going into hospitals yeah. for young children and, and rules about pubs quite interesting because I mean it wouldn't happen that would it? You know, no. it, you'd all be in there at your mum's at the mum's oh, bedside. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, absolutely um, right. Not, not allowed in. Park, no. I, mean, I, was, I was three when my sister was born and my mother was in hospital for quite a while. And apparently, I didn't know this, but she told me afterwards that I thought she was dead. Oh, oh, yeah. Which is oh, just yeah. weird, isn't it? But yeah. yeah, yeah, not allowed in. Yeah, oh, Janie, that's horrid, actually. Yeah, but no, you weren't. And and so pubs the same. Yeah, you're right. And I, you know, I can remember a dear friend of, of ours saying he remembered, I think his mum and dad used to go to the pub quite a lot, you know, just because they enjoyed it. I think it was a rural thing. And he said he can remember he and his sister, you know, sitting in the back of the car, the A40 or whatever it was, with a packet of crisp and, you know, a lemonade, whilst mum and dad went to, to the pub. And it wasn't cruel in any way. I mean, that's what people did. That's what you did. Yeah. You could keep your eye on your kids. You could see what was going on. Um, or you could sit outside with them, couldn't you? But I think... I think uh, I'm not even sure about no, that. No, I really no I'm don't not even know. sure about that either, actually, Jamie. You probably couldn't. No one on the premises, probably. And speaking of premises, I think it's time we went over to Dorothy's flat in Nutsford. Now, those of you who've heard episode one will remember that we introduced Dorothy into our podcast. She's a forthright woman of a certain age. And here's a clip from her latest podcast talking about her friend Monica and her disappointments in love. 
Now, Monica and I have known each other since primary school. <laughs> we were friends from the get-go. Weren't we, Monica? <laughs> well, she lived in the next road and we walked to school together. And we sat next to each other in class <laughs> and we played together. We shared our sweet ration. She had my sherbet and I had her licorice. And then when we got to the top class, we sat the 11 plus. And when the results came through, I'd got into the grammar and she was off to the secondary modern. Well, after that, we lost touch and that might have been it if she hadn't got sweet on my brother, Bob. Ooh, they made a lovely couple, perfectly matched. Everybody said so. They were that much in love. It, it, it almost radiated from them. Right up to the time he, he dropped her for that patsy from the butchers and bake up. Oh, I rue the day I introduced them. Really, I do. But, you see, her pies were prize winners and Bob never could resist a bit of pork jelly. But we stayed friends. And I like to think that I helped her through the pain. And when I slipped a load of laxatives into Bob and Patsy's wedding cake, we felt that honour had been satisfied. Well, even when I was courting our Jack, I didn't forget Monica. Well, she was my bridesmaid when we were wed, and she even went on honeymoon with me. Well, I had my heart set on the Isle of Wight, and Jack didn't fancy the ferry, so he stayed home and decorated the toilet. Oh, and we had a lovely fortnight. Didn't we, Mum? Yeah, we did! <laughs> Oh, you know, they say that your honeymoon is a special time, and it was. But wasn't it, Monica? <laughs> yes, it was. We we sat on the beach, had afternoon tea at the Royal Hotel. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> she, um, <clears throat> she never got over Bob. I always hoped they'd get back together when he got tired of pork pie, Patsy, but oh, they've just had the golden wedding, so that's not going to happen now. And to be fair, he's not such a catch now his teeth fall out every time he sneezes. Oh, poor Bob. You get the feeling that Dorothy's given him quite a hard time about breaking up with Monica for the last 50 years. Yeah, I bet she has. And uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I can't imagine Dorothy in a pub putting up with all the noise and banter and leery men who were all one over the eight. She'd be putting them all straight. <laughs> um, talking about pubs makes me think about makes me think about toilets, actually, because oh, really? I did go out to a cafe the other day and yes. it reminded me that I must be getting very old because I kind of need a manual every time I go to a public loo these days. Is it just me? Because, first of all, do I waft my hands around to flush or do I press something? That is never very clear. And I don't like the ones that when you just move your bum a bit, they flush when you're not expecting it. That's that's never a pleasant no, experience, that's... is it? That, I don't like being taken by surprise in that area. <laughs> It's a bit chilly for one thing, isn't it? You it know. certainly is. A rush of water up your jack seat. It's not That's quite right. It's not, it's, it's, it's not what I like. Um, and then I often don't know how to get to the toilet paper because they've got new 
and different ways now of making that appear. So I generally make sure I've got a packet of tissues in my pocket just in case. <gasps> but don't use the balsam ones, which I've done. <laughs> a bit stingy. Oh, a bit stingy. And then <laughs> there's the whole thing with the hand basins and the soap. Yes. <laughs> do you get this? So do I twist the tap? Do I waft my hands under the tap? Is there some button to press for the... Um, is it just me? Am I too stupid no, to be able to no, have a whittle and wash my hands in, in no, public? No, it's not. It's a stressful experience if you ask me having a whittle in, in the public toilet. Um, it really is. You're, you're, you're quite right. And then, of course, you know, if you've got through the trauma of actually being on the toilet and having your jacks, you know, irrigated, irrigated it's quite, you do, you get to the point where right, I must wash my hands. And then, as you say, you're waving your hands under. But of course, when they've broken down, you can be standing there for half an hour waving yes. your hands and nothing happens. Yeah. You know, it's no, it's. Um, but I tell you what I find more tricky with the public toilets is also when you have to pay now, don't you? And a lot of public oh, toilets. Do you? Oh, gosh, have you not experienced that? I have oh, not. Yes, you can get to public toilets. And before they let you in, you have to put money in and then a little gate opens and, and then you can go in. Well, if you're caught short, you're in a terrible state. And particularly post-COVID, because who has who's change in their pockets anymore? Very few people. No, I do we, we experienced this quite recently because we were down in Devon. A few weeks ago now. But yes, um, and uh, one of my party was caught short and uh, yeah, we, we we couldn't get in. And I had to, unfortunately, there was a lavatory attendant. Lavatory, I love that word. Lavatory like attendant. It's a good word, isn't it? Lavatory attendant close by happened to come out of their little sort of office door. And I said, we've got to get in here. My friend, my friend, is there's going to be a puddle on the floor, you know. And they let us in. But we didn't have the change. We just did not have the change to get in. And if you're in London at some um, uh, railway station, it's terribly expensive to get in the toilet. It to used pay. to be. I mean, I haven't been to a big mainline station for quite some time, but I know Marylebone used to be 50p or something. It's yeah, like you need to think fairly carefully. Can I wait and do it on the train for free? 50p a p. Although then doing it on the train for free, I have been caught out by the Virgin trains with the, the doors that you press the wrong <laughs> button and then you're suddenly <laughs> whittling. In, in display, you know, displaying everything to uh, anyone who might be waiting outside. Uh, actually, 50p is cheap at the price to avoid that particular humiliation, I think. It is, it um, is. Really. But yeah, it's the thing of not having change as well, as you say, because yes. if you yes. can't do it contactless. Yeah, and and you can't. I mean, you just couldn't. I mean, this this experience that we just had was was, was complete madness. Oh, that's horrific. Was it yeah, in a station or something? Or a... No, it was, it was sort of in a, a little park area, which was, it, it was right in the centre of the town. So right. it wasn't a big park, you know, but I mean, it was adjacent to the, you know, everybody was using it. It wasn't like it was stuck in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody was using it. And um, yeah, but, it, you know, just going on from public toilets, uh, same in car parks a lot now, oh, I'm finding, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, that you could, you, I haven't got change and some of them are particularly again where we were on holiday I don't know it was in the west country um you couldn't pay with cards that it, really? it was no it was still money <gasps> and it was just horrendous it was just horrendous and then of course some of them do that Ringo thing don't they where yeah, oh well, we can use your mobile phone well I've tried that and you can't get through to people and oh it's just a complete nightmare press this put that in hopeless you know and oh. I get very cross when I go near to um, the mailbox because where I record the arches because I don't always park in the car park underneath the mailbox. There are parking meters outside. 
if I'm there for a short period of time. Maximum time can be those four hours, and sometimes that's fine, and it's cheaper, I have to say, there. But we should have the choice of either putting money into the meter, or indeed you could pay by mobile phone. But what they've started to do recently, um, that they have in some way prevented you from putting the coinage into the actual um, meter. And, and it still says on the signs, you can pay by coins or you can pay oh. by mobile phone. And to me, that's the Trades Description Act is yeah. wrong because they will not let you do it. And it's not like just one metre that's, that's not working. They've obviously done something to, I mean, must be a bunch of about 10 metres. I mean, sometimes I've run between the metres. Um, and I just think that's pretty, pretty poor. Absolutely. Pretty right, poor, so that's a complaint. That's not on. I, no, not on. I've got half a dozen different parking apps on my phone. And so, yeah, the first thing is trying to figure out which one I use for this. Uh, but generally, most places I park now, I just do it all on the phone, on one of the apps. And I think it's OK if you've set an app up, Janie, because you mm-hmm. should be able to do it really quickly. Yeah. But if... Oh, if you're you just phoning to... at the number. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just takes forever. And if you're late, if you're running a bit late yeah. and you've anticipated, you've got your coinage, you know how much it's going to be, you want to put it in, take you, you know, just a minute and then put, but you can't. And it takes at least five or six minutes. And I just don't think that's right because you've come prepared no. for one thing. And, and actually... they've changed it. Yeah. Well, hmm. yeah. No, I think you need to do a letter because I think it's also, you're better off with an app because... Let's face it, if you're in an underground car park trying to make a phone call to somebody to pay, it's like, well, you're not going to get a signal, are you? No, no. The world's gone mad, if you ask me. And I can tell you, I've got another little complaint. Have you? Um, Complain away. It's similar, really. I had to go for um, just an eye checkup um, the other day. And um, I found myself having taken a friend to a hospital for an appointment should have had loads of time to get back for my appointment um which was in a clinic a separate clinic uh but for various reasons i thought mm, i'm not going to make this appointment so i looked on the letter that i'd got and i thought well i'll just ring them to to warn them that you know there may be an issue no telephone number no telephone number at all so then i got onto the web it was a website it took me quite a long time and i discovered that but yeah there was this number for the mm-hmm. coventry area Big long number. So anyway, I rang it. I was fifteenth in the queue. Right, oh. I was on the and in the end, I gave up because um, all the time I'm still waiting for the friend. So I then go back, I find a website, and it says, "Oh, you could have a chat on the website." So I'm like, God, I'll try this. So you know, I'm pinging all this in, talking to Viola or whatever her name is. You know, or having a chat, and I explained my situation, and I said, "All I need is a number for this clinic, so that I can ring them just in case I can't get there, so they know what's happening." So then she comes back to me about in a minute later oh no sorry sorry i'm giving her personality here oh no sorry uh you can't do that it's it's uh it's just got to be that long number so I, I i then said well look hang on a minute if i'm suddenly in a situation where i possibly could get back i've got 20 minutes to spare i could get back but you're telling me that i've got to hang on the phone and be the 15th caller by the time i do that I'm, I'm certainly not going to be at the appointment. Oh, well, there's nothing else that you can do. I mean, what an inefficient system. Why couldn't there just even be an answer phone message at the clinic so at least these people would know if you didn't turn up what had happened to you? And it's just you can't speak to people anymore. And that drives no. me bonkers. No, Sorry, I, do get, I do get cross. I know somebody's been trying to navigate stuff with the Department for uh, Work and Pensions 
in receipt of a whole load of letters with no phone numbers, no email address. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why make things more difficult for us all? And it is difficult. Just you a know, phone what? number. Even yeah. if the phone number just says, we're not interested, F off. At least you've, at least you've phoned somebody. At least you've phoned, and, and you know, I mean, that, that was my, you know, all I want to do is leave a message and an answer phone to say, this is my situation. I may or may not get there. If I don't, you know why. Yeah. Rather than actually somebody just not turning up and they at the other end could have been waiting at the clinic for half an hour for this person that didn't, you know, it's all that, isn't it? It's just inefficient. It's, the whole thing is inefficient. It's um, bad and wrong. Bad, bad and, and wrong. wrong. Very bad, bad and wrong. Very yeah. bad and wrong. So... Um, oh, there we are. Well, I'll try to cheer you up. I'll try to tell you <laughs> a funny course. story. Oh, please. Um, took my a few weeks back. Took, we were looking after my our four year old grandson. Yeah. On a Saturday, and he was invited to a a kids party. Yeah. So now I know. I'm beginning to think that the reason that his parents went out that day is because he'd been invited to a four year old kids party, but because it was. Honestly, I mean, I've been to very loud concerts. I have, I have seen heavy metal in my time, um, and this kids' party, thirty-four-year-old kids, not thirty-four-year-old kids, thirty times four-year-old children, which they, they, you know, they could put up a bit of a fight against Hawkwind, I reckon, because my God, they were noisy, um, and there was some poor woman, so. This is what happens, I suppose, if you don't get a job out of drama school. There she is. I can't remember what her character was, but she's in some sort of um, uh, lycra all-in-one thing. God knows how she gets to go and have a whittle. Uh, with one of those, what do you call those headphone things that you used at Wantage, the ones that go into one ear? Oh, yes, yes, yes. There are, they use them um, at the gap, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so she needs that. She needs that to be heard over the 30 children. Really? So, bless her, she does her best to have them running round and round and round. And she has a bubble machine. Well, so she puts that on occasion. The kids run round and round and round and, and try and um, you know, break the bubbles, which is all good fun. Except that she disappears off to sort something out. And the kids, who are only four, it takes them 30 seconds to figure out how to work the bubble machine. So they're like pressing the button, bubbles everywhere. Which in itself, not problematic, except that you've now got a floor covered in bubble mix and kids running around. <laughs> running round and round in circles on a very, 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 what is now an extremely slippery floor. So it's, it was absolute carnage. It really, really was. And this this poor woman, my God, it's a hard She was all on her own. She was all on her own. Well, I mean, the parents and everything were there, but, uh, you know, there were grown-ups there because the kids are too little to leave a party, I think, at that point. But we were all sort of like backed against the wall with our fingers in our ears. And, um, yeah, she was on her own dealing with it all. So she had I'm sure it, yeah, well, she coped with it remarkably well, but she must, I mean, her hearing is going to be terrible when she gets older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that day after day, week after week. Did they they listen to her with her microphone on her head? I mean, was she having to sort of scream at them? uh... Uh, No, she was was talking loudly and forcefully, if you know what I mean. But it wasn't a big hall. It was a sort of church hall thing. Mm. So it it wasn't enormous, but she did need a fair amount of volume to make an impression oh, the image of these children all falling oh, over on this you know, was, each other crying as well because they banged into each other and, I know, you know, I know. And then the, the the food was sort of laid out for when it was lunchtime but a few mm-hmm. wise children spotted it and sort of then added into the general mix of the dance floor uh, bits of dropped sandwich and baby oh, bell waxy bits from the outside of the baby bell cheese so 
yeah, it was like a ruddy obstacle course. Our grandson, very, very sensibly, had we had lunch, or he had lunch. And then he said, he said, Granny, he said, this has been very good fun, but do you think I could go home now? I was like, yes, 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 you can. <laughs> he had enough. He had enough. He had enough. He couldn't cope with another hour of it. Oh, no, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Children's and, entertainers. And, and, and I mean, that's always the thing, isn't it, about children's parties? Well, you've got a full mix of oh. personalities. You've got the children who don't like it crying in the corner and yeah. somebody bullying somebody else and somebody pulling somebody else's hair and, you know, yeah. oh, I know, you've got the full works there. You yeah. have. And the thing that's different, I don't know if you remember from when you were a mummy organising these parties, mm -hmm. the thing that was different with this one is that it was the boys who were around the outside clinging to their parents and grandparents and sobbing at the racket and the girls are in the middle kind of you know really feisty and up for it well, you see that's whereas it was women. entirely the other way around when when my yes. kids were younger women's live darling it starts yeah. very early it's How good isn't it those those girls will be in the pub <laughs> before they're all they'll be running it they'll be having the men behind the bar you know yeah, yeah. oh how funny how funny how funny how funny yes i i, I mean i must say i i don't remember uh, those little children's parties with great glee i i did find them really quite quite stressful particularly when you were throwing the parties yourselves i mean we managed eventually you know to I don't know, get the magician in or, you know, do the leisure centre party, give somebody else responsibility like the poor girl, you know, with with, with the bobble, with the, with the head mic on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't. And, and it's, you know, children who, they are all, all sorts of different personalities. Because they're not your child, it's very difficult to discipline them because you don't want them to go home and say, oh, you know, such a mum really shouted at me. She was horrible. But you, you did get those children, yes. naughty children, just for devilment. You know, they'd be yeah. pouring yeah. orange squash over everything, over yeah. people's heads, over sandwiches, over the floor, you know. Yeah. You're trying to reprimand them. And, you know, they would just look at you and, and do more. I mean, it, it was, oh, dear, yeah. yeah. Not a happy time. Not a happy time. I don't remember them with great glee. And no. somebody would always hurt themselves. There'd always be tears and yeah. black eyes. And oh dear, no! It. Um, I was glad when those days were over. It, it has to be said. It, it was nice when they just used to sort of nick the booze from your cabinet and disappear off to the park, wasn't it? Yes, yes, that was far preferable. You know. <laughs> I think one of the best parties, but they were a bit old, older then. I think was the ten pin bowling party. I do remember oh, that being good. a success. That was yeah. quite good. Because, you know, they are completely focused then and, and, yeah. and then they're herded away, you know, to have yeah. the team, the pizza or having them, they're herded back again. No, yeah. that, that was quite a successful party, I remember. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, but it's so competitive. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it isn't anymore. But I remember when a young mum, did you find that? that Very it's much all so. competitive? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, mm. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having to fill those ruddy party bags with oh, yes. plastic towel it's so bad oh. for the environment. That's what I'd say now. <laughs> I'm not doing party bags because it's so bad for the environment. You'd be a right on mum, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Well, just so enough to bother to do it. Yeah, um, quite. But yes, I remember the kids used to bring back party bags full of. We, Nick and I just used to fight over the cake, and then the rest of it used to go in the bin. Yes, that's right. Toys R Us was very, very good for party oh, it bags. Was. It was marvelous. You could yeah. you could fill many a party bag from Toys R Us. But do they exist anymore? No, Toys R Us? no, they went down the pound. <gasps> Where do they go now? Where do the mothers go? I suppose they make them, don't they? Make oh, everything themselves now. Do you think they're all like that, aren't they? Well, you probably you know. just buy them all from Amazon, don't you? I, I don't know. Yes, I suppose you do. Ready Did you make the cakes? Did you make the birthday God, cakes? No. I made one uh, for mm. my elder daughter's first birthday. Nick and I stayed up half the ruddy night making it, nearly got divorced, and it just looked like 
she she wanted a birthday cake in the shape of a rabbit. I've still got a picture of it somewhere. It just looks so pathetic. I can't tell you. No, I'm not. I'm not a great cake maker. Luckily, my younger daughter makes brilliant cakes and always has done. So so she has to she has to make all the birthday cakes. She's absolutely always at it. No, I'm a terrible cake maker. You're pretty good at cakes, aren't you? Oh no, I'm hopeless. Oh, I'm dreadful. Oh, I'm absolutely dreadful. But it is a great gift, isn't it? If you have that, like yeah. your younger daughter does, um, she has a great gift. And 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 you know, I think, what is it? How it's magic that you know you can yeah. create all this wonderful. It was Jane Asher who started all that off. Do you remember years oh, ago? Jane Asher. Actress Jane Asher, and she she used to be on the television and did all these wonderful um, oh. cakes, you know, uh, party cakes. Fantastic, fantastic. No, I well, I never made them. No, they were always. Uh, bought or, or provided for by the venue which um you know you're chosen to have the party really yeah um so mine were yeah. provided for by the supermarket yeah i should do cake very much better than i could ever manage it mm-hmm. at, at a fraction mm-hmm. of the cost so indeed and the thing is you had to be very careful didn't you with those early children parties to make sure that you were inside you didn't want to be in open spaces because then you could lose them couldn't you oh god yes. suddenly charlie's disappeared and you don't know where he's gone yeah. you know I do. I learned that lesson very quickly. Um, yeah, playing hide and seek out in the park not a great, not a great plan. There's, there's two of them still there, <laughs> feral in the woods. <laughs> oh my goodness! Can you imagine? Imagine, but so different from from our own children's parties. You know, it used yeah. to be much. You know, pass the parcel, musical chairs, and musical all that. Bumps. Moved on. Musical bumps. It's all moved on since then. I don't think. I would know where to where to get a blancmange rabbit now. No, no chocolate fingers. I remember little chocolate, chocolate fingers. fingers. That was a great treat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we're just getting into cake nostalgia now, aren't we? We are. We are really. It's, it's yeah. poor. We should probably go and eat something healthy. Yes, it's made me feel a bit hungry, actually. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm, <a laughs> well, I'm going to go and around the corner and get a box of iced party rings and um, and remember celebrate my youth as it was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ducky. Yeah, go and go and enjoy your your, your party fair. Thank you. And, uh, and so will I. I'm going to All make right. myself a jam sandwich in the shape of a little little hedgehog or something oh, like that. I'll keep it going all day. Draw. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind the scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time.